We're good. Hello, everybody. It's another Thursday night, and it's Sidoni, Ngum, and Giselle here today. Um, yes, tonight we've been sort of having an exchange of ideas, and we thought we would talk about how we can speak biblical truths in a woke world. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on our sort of radar for a while um, and we have sort of sort of exchanged ideas backwards and forwards but we think it's you know there's a lot going on at the moment um, and we think it's time for us to maybe share some of our ideas that we have on how we can approach some of these issues um, from a biblical point of view and a biblical lens and how we can maybe help each other have those conversations out in the real world um so i think the best place to start would be the definition of woke i think that would be just to put this into some kind of context um let's start with you when you hear the word woke what what do you think what do you think of or what do you think it means or what does it mean to you so i think the word woke for me it's literally, um, I think it started, that's a very good point. Work really is a political term. Mm. And I think it has been kind of, it's one of those things where the meaning of a word gets hijacked. Mm -hmm. So I think initially work kind of came from the conscious, um, politically conscious groups in America. And I think particularly like black consciousness groups. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really meant to be a bad thing. It was just meant no. to say, be, be awake, right? Be aware mm -hmm. of the things that are going on be in the world. Be enlightened. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you had like groups that were campaigning against racism, gun violence, like very real issues, mm -hmm. which have always been under the radar. And I think they used to have this thing to say, stay woke. So it just mm -hmm. meant make yourself aware. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, like many things, um, more extreme movements, um, mm -hmm. particularly on the left, I would say, Mm -hmm. kind of became associated with this term whether it was the press or how I don't really know how it happened but it's mm -hmm. a shame that the word woke has become defaced I used to consider myself a very woke person right mm -hmm. but I would never say that I thought a lot of the things that people are thinking now so mm -hmm. yeah so I kind of I'm one of those people who hesitates a bit with the kind of if you like demonization of the word woke because I think I still remember what it really means yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know, you're, you're this idea that um, to be enlightened, almost to be awake, to to sort of not to live blindly based only on what you're being fed by the mainstream, but to sort of yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To, to be aware yeah, of Christianity, yeah, Christianity to me, and this is just me speaking. I think it's one of the wokest things you could ever do because okay. you are told not to you conform that to the you heard that of the here world. first, okay? Yeah. Christianity. <laughs> One of the wokest things you could ever do. Remember, Jesus was telling you to literally, in many ways, he came here to open our eyes, right? Yes. He says to you that, you know, if, 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 if your light is darkness, then how dark is it, mm. right? We're talking about lightness, like the mm -hmm. light. And he wasn't just saying, you know, let your eyes be full of light, but he was saying, you be the yeah. light. So I, I feel that um, for me, Christianity is everything wokeness as it really was supposed to be is it's non-conformist mm -hmm. right 
Bible tells not to be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you spoke to some activists in the Mm -hmm. early 2000s, a lot of them had to literally Mm -hmm. renew their minds from the history they'd been Mm -hmm. taught at school and everything. Okay, it may not always have been Christian focused, but the technique was very Mm -hmm. similar. So yeah, I am one of those people who I almost, no, not almost, I refuse to concede this word to extreme left thinking. I just yeah. refuse because I okay. know I can't. All right, fair enough. That's fine. And and Giselle, just coming over to you, the word woke, what emotion does it invoke in you? Because I'm also aware that you're you're of a different generation to, to what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, perhaps your tolerances aren't like ours. Um, and, you know, when you, when you hear the word woke, what comes to mind? What, what emotions particularly does that ev- evoke in you? Personally, I don't like the word woke. I really mm-hmm. don't because it is, it's, it's bandied about left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And um, the word woke can also mean hip or open minded. Right. Okay. So I would rather think it's a hip person, you know, real cool person, nice <laughs> open minded person, and not you. Know, uh, but uh, the way sort of uh, it is going. It's politically incorrect to have an opinion mm. these days. It's right. politically incorrect to say, I feel sorry for men because mm. several decades ago, a man was able to say to a woman in the, you know, passing in the street, hello, mm. good morning, good afternoon, pass the time of day, hold mm-hmm. open a, a shop door or something for a stranger. Mm. They're frightened to do that now because of mm. this woke world. Because in a lot of areas, if a man holds a door open for a woman, the woman can turn. I'm quite capable of holding the door myself. Thank <laughs> you. That's wrong. For these women, to be honest, because you know what? You know, it's no, I mean, my history with feminism is no secret. But even as a diehard feminist, had no problems with a man opening a door for me. She had no problems with chivalry right here. No, no, I haven't. I, I actually love it. I really do. No, but you know why I said that's the need for me. When I thought about it, I had this thought yesterday about chivalry, right? What chivalry is, or what we call chivalry, is really just politeness. And I'm always very struck by politeness. So, for example, the other day, I had a, a heavy bag ride coming down some stairs and this guy doesn't know me. He saw me and he saw that I was struggling a little bit. He was like, oh, do you mind? Can I take your bag? I was like, what? Yes, please take it. So to me, it's like, he could have walked past. You know, mm. Sometimes there are people who walk past, they see a mother struggling with a pram, they don't care. So for somebody to think, oh, to have even stopped and thought of me, I think that's amazing. Mm. So if somebody okay. ever tries to do a serious act for me, I always see it more as you are just really kind. I don't see it as any other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so G, you were saying you don't like the word woke, no, obviously, no. because of the connotations that it. Yeah, that 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 has gathered now in the last sort mm. of say. like even mm. just in the last five years, it's just I think it's just it's been blown out of all proportion with it. Mm. But mm. um, it's sad that you know that there are a lot of groups there are a lot of people there are a lot of yeah people about today that unless you say exactly what they want to hear they leave mm. them being woke 
Okay. I still okay. think, yes, no, that hasn't changed. I, I don't see why I, I should hate somebody just because mm. they see life differently from me or mm. they, they, they interpret love differently from me. Mm. I don't. So I feel that for me, my conversations will always come from that place of mm. compassion. You and I may not agree, right, mm. on something, but my the, the what i hope to communicate to you is that look this is these are my beliefs this my beliefs don't just come from nowhere they are mm. informed by certain mm-hmm. biblical stances and this is why i believe this god who says the things that he says mm-hmm. and you know i also have to say that for example particularly christians and the lgbtq it's been mm-hmm. a very interesting and checkered past mm-hmm. um from the church's side as well and mm-hmm. I, still, mm-hmm. I will still maintain that had the church not been very harsh, mm. some people would have come to deliverance. I still believe mm. that. Mm. And I also feel that, you know, as a community, the LGBTQI are more sophisticated than people often think. It's like any other community. There's no monolith, right? There are people who struggle with these feelings. There are people who, who kind of still try to reconcile this with their faith. So Mm -hmm. the first thing is to kind of know where people are on that scale, right? Mm -hmm. Before you Mm -hmm. even talk to them, because for some people, and sometimes they're not even Christians, but you can Mm -hmm. see that there's this kind of debate going on. And so if you have people like that, then engage them from that position. Don't just say, oh, Leviticus says, bam, you're going to hell. What? Mm -hmm. You two could be going to hell for gossiping. (laughs) (laughs) See, one of my favorite, my favorite all time um, uh, Bible verses is 1 Corinthians I think it's 6 9 to 12 because mm-hmm. Paul literally lists all the things that could get you in hell. Yeah. <laughs> so don't you be pointing fingers and saying mm-hmm. oh yes you're gay you're trans you're going to hell um mm-hmm. hello you took a bribe in your office last week mm-hmm. you got it did you know Lied. that could get you into hell too mm-hmm. so I it's think so false witness. Mm-hmm. we once you approach from that point of I'm not morally superior to you because I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes when you hear people and this is not just even LGBTQ people even non-Christians they will say to you they feel that Christians are hypocritical and judgmental and they are not mm-hmm. always lying mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. right when people feel that they are going to be judged they'll run away but mm-hmm. believe me I watched a very good conversation and I shared the group between two pastors in London who were talking mm-hmm. about how they approach this issue with their church. Mm-hmm. And these are pastors who counsel people who struggle mm-hmm. with affections that they mm-hmm. don't want or certain mm-hmm. things. And if people took these guys' approaches, right? Mm-hmm. Because to them, they're like, okay, this is like any other sin. Mm-hmm. You could be committing adultery. You could be, let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. walk you through these steps. So mm-hmm. I feel that if more people from that community or any other community that feels marginalized knew that hey there were christians like that mm-hmm. i'm telling you that compassion would have gone a long way so yeah i, I mean think, that's that's a very yeah. good point that you made let's approach the conversation because i think you know and 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 even jesus was always compassionate mm. um in his stance jesus was always compassionate even when he met with sinners he you know i immediately zacchaeus comes to mind i don't know why but even when he went into Zacchaeus's house, he was compassionate towards him. And yeah. everybody thought, everybody thought, oh, you know, this man is, you know, he's the worst of the worst. He's, he's, low, he's a tax collector. Um, but, you know, Jesus was compassionate towards him. So you make a very good point. As Christians, we yeah. should always seek to come from a place of compassion because that's what yeah. Jesus would do. And that's what he would have us do. Yep. Yeah. Um, how do we 
in your opinion, engage in some of these conversations that are, you know, happening? Some of them morally wrong. Forget, you know, mm-hmm. biblically, just on a moral stand, wrong. Um, and we feel that anger. And some of that anger is righteous anger because it's, you know, for example, don't corrupt mm-hmm. the kids. Leave the yeah. kids alone. Um, and so that anger is there as, as, as Christians. How do we engage in this conversation such that it is a productive one? Well, it would be a lot, lot easier for us to engage in those conversations if the mm. other side would let us explain our viewpoint in its right. entirety. Okay. But all too many times we open our mouths to try to, and I'm speaking from experience, mm-hmm. you, you open your mouth to try to explain your viewpoint and they throw scriptures at you, but out of the wrong connotation. They throw these scriptures. They throw, mm-hmm. they're, they're just, they're... Uh, you Judge know. not. <laughs> yes, you be judged. <laughs> they, they, really, they really are che- treating the Bible like a garden and you're going out to pick a bunch of flowers. I'll have that one. I'll have that one. I'll have that one instead of taking everything and you can't mm. take scriptures like that no and you know, we, we we talked about like the lgbt community mm. the only yeah. problem i have with the lgbtq plus 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 community mm. is the indoctrination of children mm. that's my big problem if someone when they reach 18 19 20 or eight years of age wants to go down that track and experiment with everything like that, go, go for it. But Mm. do not confuse a four, a five, a six, a seven-year-old. Just don't do it. Because um, here in Scotland, a man got off uh, with raping uh, just a few weeks ago. Mm. He was 21 when when the, the trial came to court. And because he raped a girl when he was 17, he's deemed that he didn't know what he was doing because mm-hmm. the University of Edinburgh has written a paper and the, the, the uh, Scottish count, uh, Sentencing Council went on this paper that people do not, their brains are not fully developed until they're between 25 and 30 years of age. Mm-hmm. Wow. If somebody at 17 rapes someone, but the court case deems that he didn't know what he was doing because his mature brain hadn't reached maturity. How on mm. earth can a four, five, or six, or seven-year-old decide what mm. sex they want to be? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So if yeah. the other side would let us speak our opinion about mm. that, mm. Um, and again, I'm coming at it too from experience that I don't believe in same-sex marriages because... Mm. My Lord God Almighty says that man will not lie with man and woman will not lie with woman. Mm. Right? That's it. End off. Mm. Mm. But if you want to go off and get married, mm. and I'm happy for you, you find love. I really mm. am. But don't force people like me into marrying you when we don't want to marry you. Mm. And that's what the problem with society is today, that mm. there's too many people that it's only their opinions count nobody mm. else's opinion point yeah so you know um i think when we've had conversations you've, you've called it quite rightly the tyranny of the left yeah um, yeah which is weird because i was 
well, historically very, very lovely, right? So for yes. me, it's almost it's almost like you're a mini tyrant. It, it's not just not even that because I, I came from a very I was more of like a 1960s inspired left wing sort of person. You know, I came up through more of the kind of Fidel Castro Che Guevara idea <laughs> way of things like kind of thing, right? I was that sort of person, you know. I just wanted this Audrey Lorde springs to mind. Come on, (laughs) but yeah, I was kind of like the Audrey Lorde sort of people. Mm. I just wanted this world where there was justice, where everybody could access opportunities. I still want that world. I still believe that God is a God of justice. Mm. I still believe that God doesn't want us to cheat people. So Mm. there are many of these things that I I would not say that I have abandoned because I think that they are morally right. Mm. But I think. One of the things that I, I know that I also always understood is that not everybody is going to think like me. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't like that, okay, that's fine. And so I think the left of when I was growing up was kind of like, yes, you don't agree with me, you're right wing, whatever, but you and I can even have, you know, remember the days in this country when it used to be, was it this week in politics? You'd have mm-hmm. Michael Portillo and Diane Abbott sitting oh, on yes. that. That was brilliant to be a time right mm. in this country where you and someone could really disagree i remember at uni i had a friend i think he's probably gone back to australia and i don't even remember how we became friendly but we had we're polar opposites he had very mm. strong right-wing views right very mm. tory very i was the complete opposite but we shared a desk at uni and mm. we were good friends till we graduated mm. so it, it's 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 possible for people with very differing opinions to even be friends. Some even marry. I don't know how they do it, but some do marry. And mm. you even have you're even told that it is healthy to sometimes mm. expose yourself to people who don't share the same opinions as you. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how wrong they are, what's that saying? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that's what is missing in this world today. Okay. Where just that tolerance. Such, for yes, a low tolerance. There's a book that I actually want to read. It's called The Intolerance of Tolerance. Yeah, and I've heard I about think, that yeah, and I think it's this thing where, in you trying to fight for me to be tolerant towards you, mm-hmm. you completely forget that you are literally becoming the exact opposite of what you say mm-hmm. you are. Exactly. And I think this is this is human nature, right? It's almost like. What's that saying? Be very careful when you're fighting for freedom because you can easily become what you oppose. Yes. We've seen this easily in politics. I mean, we've seen it. I'm African, so I'll talk about my own. We've seen freedom fighters turn around and become tyrants. Oppressors, so yes. There is just something about humanity and an inability to manage power. Mm. There is just something. And mm. interestingly enough, this is why the gospel convinces me even more. Because I look at it and things that I thought were useful, ideologies that I once held dear and I thought this is the solution, suddenly these ideologies were coming up with very serious issues that I was like, mm. what? I felt betrayed. Mm. You know, I was looking at feminism and I'm thinking when I was a teenager, feminism was a thing. Mm. I loved the fact that, you know, I was affirmed. I was, you know, there was a space where I could really be all these things, you mm. know, that people said I couldn't be. You know, I looked at left-wing ideology and I thought there's so much injustice in this world. This is a good way to do it. And then the left turns around and wants to kill me, you know. So I was like, whoa, what's the balance? 
Interesting yeah. enough, the gospel, mm-hmm. the last the place I expected to find this, <laughs> the gospel, not religion, because religion mm-hmm. is a whole nother thing, like the evangelical mm-hmm. movement in America. That's yes. another thing. So the gospel, yes. not religion. Yeah. Is is where, yeah. And and that's 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 definitely um that's important that we take this back to the gospel and what it says. Um, and also just to have a, I think you've both touched on this, just to have a tolerance for people and other views that are not like ours, because how else am I going to love you if I don't understand where you're coming from? Um, yes. Exactly. But love is uh, covers a multitude mm-hmm. yep, of sins. <laughs> it does. Um, how can we, I suppose, here's a question for you. How can we have these conversations in love? And it's not just, not just in um, these contexts, but also really in our familial relationships, in our friendships, um, in our marriages, with our children. How mm. can we ensure that we're having these conversations um, with love? Or that we're having difficult conversations or conversations that we perhaps don't agree on um because you know god in his infinite wisdom and sovereignty made us all mm. with our own personalities and our own willpower so i suppose as a pastor how would you advise us to approach sometimes these tension giving um conversations with love wow that really is a hard one. Mm. It is. Um, mm. I remember, Sidoni, many years ago, you said that one thing you admired about me, that I can walk away from a, an argument. Yes. Mm-hmm. I still do. That's not yep. changed. <laughs> yep. And that takes a lot of patience, mm. a lot of wisdom, <laughs> mm. and a lot of love. Mm. to be able to walk away from an argument and mm. what the reason I can do that I believe is because I trust God mm. and Jesus told us that we're we're not to argue we're to spread the gospel mm. so, so just to get this right so is this love for the other person and trusting in God yes so just okay. yeah just to understand the vertical and horizontal okay yeah right. yeah and so there are some arguments, some debates, I don't like to call them arguments, there are some debates mm. that we really should just walk away from mm-hmm. and cover the person in prayer. Mm-hmm. Because we yes. know how yes. powerful prayer is, mm. right? And because we walk away, doesn't mm. mean to say that they've won. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But if they think they've won, that's fine. Let them think they've won. We're away right. praying for them. We're covering them with prayer. And we can see God changed them little bit by little bit by little bit through the mm. power of our prayer. Mm. Yes. I think that would be my advice on how to do it because that's still what I do. Then mm. there are other times that, um, you know, people will be mean to me about my faith and mm. everything. And I answer it in a joking way, mm. you know, just with that sort of, you know, glint in my eye and that mischievous grin that I've got and just sort of you the hand and the hip sort of you what are you talking about you know mm. and if you can approach it in a very friendly very yeah jovial way mm-hmm. and then calm them down mm. calm them first of all then mm-hmm. you might be able to get your message across if you can't 
just walk away. Okay, mm. that's fine. Mm. Walk away. Yeah. yeah, and put them in prayer. Many, yeah, no, that's Christians, very, very, very. Many Christians need to hear this, and I think, G, you you said something powerful about covering people in prayer, right? Mm. Because I remember going to a talk and somebody said, you know, intercession, a lot of even evangelism, a lot of evangelism is spiritual warfare. People think evangelism is just like standing on the street and talking to people. No, sometimes you literally go into war for these people in your own prayers. And um, there is a, an evangelist called um, Beckett Cook. I don't know if you guys know him. He literally used to identify as gay, right? And then he met Jesus and he had this huge transformation. And he's now like a big evangelist. He's on YouTube. You can pick up his, um, you know, his videos there very easily. And he said something powerful. You know, he was raised in a Christian family. And when he finally, I think his mom had somehow heard about his sexuality. And his mom asked him very calmly, you know, is this what's going on? And he said, yes. And, you know, he was living his life, was unapologetic. And his mom didn't say much. His mom did not like say anything to him and reading mm. Bible verses. She just continued to love him, treat him like his son. Whatever partners he brought, his mom was polite to them. But that woman was praying a storm behind the scenes. Mm. And it is only when I think she died, he found this letter that his mom had written to God. That mm. letter is amazing. She had literally poured her heart out to God, put the Bible verses and the promises and said, God, this is what you're going to do for my son. Mm. And for years and years and years and years, this woman prayed. And eventually, in the most unexpected way, God answered her, her prayer. Like he mm. left a very successful fashion photography, photography career, mm. you know, because he said he was just standing at the party one day. Everything was glamorous and beautiful, but he was just like, is this really it? Mm. That was how it started. Mm. And as God would have it, he met yeah, some yeah. Christians. Yeah, they took him to church and then he met had this amazing encounter with God. So he never had anyone like shouting down him. But he said once he met Jesus, he was like, nah, you know, if I have to love Jesus, then I have to do what he says. And mm -hmm. he changed. And you can imagine in a world like fashion, it cost him a lot. It cost him mm -hmm. his career. It cost him. But he was willing to give all of that up for Jesus because mm -hmm. he had a praying mother. So some things, and this is not just, to do with lgbtq some of us have you know siblings who have issues right or siblings that don't even know jesus they don't yeah, know some, salvation who don't know yeah. jesus or mm. who have addictions maybe they're addicted mm. to drugs mm. maybe you know they have sex addictions mm. or people who constantly cheat on their partners or mm -hmm. people who you know are very cruel like you have people who beat up their partners or whatever mm. sometimes these people are dealing with mad strongholds sometimes mm things have behind them so mm. i think that instead of always just yes there's room for correcting people don't get me wrong mm. but sometimes when you see that this thing isn't shifting and you're talking and the counseling and the everything i mean we should always pray anyway but mm. sometimes when this thing is a bit too resistant mm -hmm. you know that there's a warfare issue here mm. yeah mm. yeah okay well no that's that's very helpful and i think you know i'm just gonna make a point out there because i know you know the Christians especially because I know some people and I know exactly in the group as well I've seen this happen and I've seen conversations flying and, and sort of arguments I'm going to call these ones arguments because they are arguments they're not debates oh, yeah, okay, come out yeah. of this. Um, and it's just to clarify that tolerance is not affirming mm. 
Okay. Yes. Not at all. Tolerance. It's not. It's not the same thing as affirming. To to no. that, that I am able, willing, and able to listen to your viewpoints does not mean I accept it, Amen. or or think it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as Christians, sometimes we need to bear that in mind. Um, yes. Just because yes. you give a listening ear, a compassionate ear, um, and like we've we've said, a prayerful behind the scenes even ear to somebody does not mean you're affirming their sin does not mean you're affirming whatever it is they're doing wrong um or whatever way they're living and it's it's the same thing it's for it's the same for anything um you know just tolerance let's just get that clear tolerance is not affirming um and so if as a christian you think oh if i sit here and listen to you it means i condone the way you live or what you've done or what you're doing no it doesn't no no um it doesn't because i can still listen to all of that and still believe what i believe and walk away and still pray yeah. for you and you probably will never be the wiser it'll be between yeah. me and god um so you know i'm just going to read us um you know a couple of bible verses romans 14 um one to four but i'm probably just going to read one first part of one as for the one who is weak in faith welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions and um, this is where he was talking about Paul's oh, talking wow. about he believes. How many Christians thing, know this? <laughs> you know, exactly. And that, that's one of the things that, you know, gets me. Why, why, why are we quarreling? Um, Ephesians 4.2 says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, which Giselle has mentioned, bearing with one another in love. And um, yes. you mentioned that, you know, it's, it's all about patience and bearing with one another. Um, because it, sometimes I'm struck at the variety of personalities on earth, just in oh our my. time. Forget, yeah. you know, from the from the start of time, and, in, and I just think yes. God is Amazing. a diversity God, and He's just a God. That oh, definitely. See, God values for everybody else. You know, He values all of our individualities, um, but He would want us to use all of those for his glory and to bring glory to his name, not for our own sinful, um, lustful, carnal pleasures, mm-hmm. but to, you know, not to set, not to serve self, but to serve yes. one another and to serve him, giving all glory back to yes. him. Exactly. He who made us the way we are. Um, and so part B quickly is how then do we, so we've talked about us as Christians having these conversations outwards. Um, and we've sort of touched that, you know, people having, telling us what they think. And we've said we need to listen. But um, as Christians, how can we ensure that we create the right atmosphere and the right culture and community that encourages people with different opinions to ourselves to have these conversations with us because I think that's important. I think we need to allow for room for doubts. We need to allow for room for conversations. We need to give people the room to come to us with these questions because only then can we really point them to God. Only then can we really point them to the cross. If we're not inviting these conversations, then we're almost kind of, you know, I mean, even Jesus says it. He turns around to his disciples and he says, and you, who do you think I am? You know, Jesus yeah. invites these questions. Yeah, I was market um, research. Exactly. with you guys. Do you really know exactly. me? Exactly. You know, and 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 in Isaiah, you know, again, one of my favorite um 
Bible verses, God invites us, come let us reason together. So mm-hmm. I believe, and this is, this is my viewpoint, some people may, may choose to disagree with me, and that's fine. I'm going to practice what I preach. Yeah, she's democratic. I am very democratic. But how can we have this, this environment, this Petri dish, to go back to my biology, biology um, days, how can we create this Petri dish that is rife for the growth of conversations? Because I actually think also Christians will benefit from these conversations. Oh, absolutely. I think they will make us more compassionate. I think if we become very clicky, very Christian-y, and we have our Christianese language that we speak, and we have our, you know, vows and, and, and dies and, and whatever, we, we can become very inward-looking. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think... Christians will benefit yeah. from some of these conversations, some of these questions. Absolutely. They need to be had within within the boundaries of, you know, a shepherd that is exactly. there to set these yes. boundaries. Um, they need to be had, you know, with pastors that are there to make sure that the scripture is being applied and being discussed. But mm-hmm. I certainly think our churches and our communities, our, our Christian communities, are places where we should encourage, start and welcome these questions and conversations. So as Christians, how do you think we can do that more? Um, I think God actually gave us a secret weapon, and you both are gonna mm-hmm. laugh when you hear this. Dun, 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 go on. But I really think Gen Z. Gen okay. Z has All right. Weapon. Okay. Because this I, know you, is, I know you find them very interesting. <laughs> I love Gen Z. You know, we we make all these jokes, right? But the one thing about Gen Z is it's almost like they came out of the womb with activism in them, <laughs> and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of the energy sometimes is misdirected, Mm. but I really think what I love about a lot of Gen Z's is that deep down, even when sometimes they say things that you and I would just be like, what are you saying? Mm. They have this burning desire for justice and Mm -hmm. truth and Mm. accountability. Mm. They really mean it, even if they are not applying it the right way. And Mm. I feel that as more and more of them discover Jesus, they're going to bring that into the church. Mm. you know they're the ones who are going to say look at the end of the year we need to see a statement of how the church's finances are running they're Mm. going to say okay we're doing this collection why where is it going what for Mm. um the people that we're sending do they really need it is it the right thing to do because these kids are just like that Mm. so i feel that you know that God in his divine in his divine planning (laughs) i really believe so so i i feel like they're a very potent weapon and I pray, pray, pray for more of them to come because I cannot wait to see these children shake up the church. You know when Jesus overturned the tables? Mm. Gen Z. And Gen the Z. One okay, that's them. interesting. Okay, so, um, you know, I say so you're saying we should be more and more like them. We should question things. We yeah. should, um, you know, and, and also maybe actually start those conversations from within so that people looking... Yeah in from outside can then yeah. join in and the conversation less biased remember they're the ones who are very much open-minded to a lot of what people would call work today so mm-hmm. it, it would be much easier for them to listen to people with compassion and really understand that people are having internal struggles right then mm-hmm. they are very mental health aware they are mm-hmm. very so i feel that a lot of these things that they have are actually gifts and mm-hmm. i tell you once the holy spirit brings all of these things together which it will Mm. oh i cannot wait to see what these kids are going to do i really can't okay all right well giselle from a um local church level how do you think um because i'm aware that there are people that perhaps um are listening to us and um 
some of them do get involved in some of our conversations in on the Facebook group online. And we do have some very interesting ones. Um, but for some people, these conversations really also need to be happening face to face in their local churches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some of these questions need to be discussed with their local pastors and elders mm-hmm. and leaders in their churches. So how do you think that the local churches and, and, you know, the leaders and maybe also the members, because the members have a responsibility towards this as well, I think, can encourage this culture of, you know, not an us and them thing. Like, let's invite people in to ask these questions, because these questions, you know, you know, I'm struggling with same sex attraction, for example. How does the Bible, how can the Bible help me overcome that? Or I, I believe, I really believe I'm a Christian. But at the same time, I have these feelings. How can I navigate that? Or what does the church say? What does the Bible say? Um, and, you know, there's all these different kind of tensions that are going on um, and conversations that we really need to invite people in to have these conversations with us so we can point them to the gospel. We can point them to the way, the truth, the life that is Jesus Christ. How do you think we can encourage, make our churches at a very local level um, a place for these healthy gospel centric conversations to be had. Well, if the leaderships of the churches had a more approachable attitude with them. Oh, okay, I like that. So you're 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 putting the buck stops at the leadership, yeah. <laughs> yep. So shall I just drop the mic and walk away? Just drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> okay. And really, our lovely sister Stephanie coins it in a beautiful thing too. She's actually stolen my thunder because I think I would have gone down this route as well. Mm. She says, we need to go into conversations without an offended attitude. Yes, I like that one. That yeah. is a really and, good and, one. And, Thanks, Steph. And the thing is, you know, we don't give offense. You, you don't go into conversation. You don't go into an argument to really offend people. Mm. Offense is taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not you, given, is it? Yeah. My attitude a lot of times, if somebody says, you've just offended me, hi. Well, you said X, Y, and Z. Well, I didn't mean that to offend you. But if mm. you've taken it as offense, you've taken it, you've picked it up. I didn't give it. Mm. Um, mm. So, but I, but I really do think that at the uh, leadership level of ch- churches, they have to be more approachable. And I then that mm. will then go on down to the congregation to be a lot more approachable too. Yes. Because we all know that we've gone to different churches and we know different leaders and they're sitting there holier than law. And especially in a lot of the uh, older churches, you know, the Church of mm. England and mm-hmm. uh, the Anglican churches and everything with all the robes and all the sashes and all the... Mm. It can be intimidating, can't it? It can be. It mm. really can be. And mm. I've loads of people have spoken with me uh about they they feel that they're not worthy enough to go into a church because right. you know they're maybe drinking too much they're on drugs or they're having an extramarital mm-hmm. affair or they're having same sex feelings or and, and and whatnot and they feel they can't go into a church because they're going to be judged mm-hmm. so church leadership has to learn how to be more approachable then it will come down through the mm. congregation and therefore i believe more people will open up more and we yes. do we have to be approachable and we have to listen uh mm. stephanie says love first whip later i like that one. Oh, stephanie <laughs> tie me up and beat me with a licorice stick and call me all sorts come on 
Love first week later. I like yeah, that one. I like that and one. Also, just, actually, just an encouragement for the members. The, the leaders are not your judge. I'm no. just going to put that out there. You know, no. the leaders are human. The leaders are fallible. The leaders are sinful. The leaders no. themselves need saving from themselves and their sinful natures. So, you know, don't, they have a calling um, and, and you know different leaders have different callings some, some are shepherds pastors some are teachers and um, you have elders you know it's in the bible you have apostles um but the, the the leaders are there to guide and protect according to scripture um, and within the confines of, of scripture so if you even ever have a leader that's telling you something that you can't verify in the bible run away because that's not a that's not one of god's shepherds that's somebody else Amen. that's a different spirit but yeah, so, and this is just for the members and the people that are listening that perhaps feel intimidated when they walk into a church or they feel like they're not worthy to be in that church or um, perhaps the, the leader of, of, of the pastor of a church is so uppity, posh sounding, theologically right, using all the big words or the long sentences that intimidates the members or even the non-Christians from coming into church and approaching that leader because they feel like they're not worthy. Um, just remember that. The leader is human. The pastor is human. Um, and they have got a sinful nature like you and I. Um, and so feel free to go to that church and approach that leader. And if you can't, find a member within that church that you can speak to. And perhaps, you know, open up these conversations. Open up these avenues for discussions to be had because it's very important. Um, if we're not talking about these things, we're not sharing ideas. We're not finding out, you know, we're not opening up scripture together we're not finding out how to navigate some of these issues. Um, and those coming after us are not learning about how to navigate some of these issues biblically. Um, and so I think it's important, but thank you, Giselle. That's a very, very good one. If there are any leaders that are listening to us, um, I think get the buck stops with you. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yes. Oh. But it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, ladies. Um, I'm yeah. aware that we have, in, we have sort of gone just about over at 45 minutes so shall we pray before we say yeah. good night <laughs> our heavenly father we thank you so much for um these conversations that we have thank you for the one that we've been able to have today that's so relevant um to the times that we live in and um the the t- intolerance and the tolerance that um we so desperately seek in our world help us lord to feel that our voices matter Help us, Lord, to be able to speak, even though sometimes we feel like we should just be quiet. Give us the courage to speak, Lord, um, to speak your truths, to speak biblical truths, Lord, because we know, Lord, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so give us, Christians, the, the voice, the courage to be able to speak where it matters and when, when and where it counts. But help us to always come from a place of compassion, to always come from a place of love, to seek to understand, um, to not judge, to not um, condemn, but to point out sin where we see it, and to point out wrongdoing where we see it, but not for the purpose of condemning people, but for the purpose of pointing them to the cross um, for repentance and salvation that only you, Jesus, can give. Help us to be the sort of Christians that are humble enough to acknowledge our own sinful natures, but also so grateful um, for your wonderful saving grace that we could not but want to share it with other people that we feel may need it. 
and, and share it with the rest of the world. That is the great commission that you've given us. Help us, Lord, to be um, tolerant of other views that are not like ours. Help us, Lord, to be able to engage in conversations. Let us not become that which we criticize. Let us not become intolerant of other views ourselves just because we don't agree with them or because they're not biblical. Help us, Lord, to go into conversations open-minded. Help us, Lord, to seek to learn. But above all, to seek to, to seek to impart your wisdom and your knowledge into people, that they may come to know you for themselves and that you will um, reveal yourself to them and your plan for them. Um, and that we would just be an instrument in that process. Use us, Lord, as you, as you wish. Mm. You are our maker. You made us, Lord. And mm. so when our purpose here on earth is done, you will call us back home to you. Help us, Father Lord, to be tolerant. Help us to um, speak with compassion, speak with love, um, and, and, and share your grace um, that is so very much needed in some of these polarizing conversations and issues that happen in society. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Giselle. Thank you for Ngum. Thank you for Steph, that wonderful to, for her to join us tonight. Um, and every other person that's watching online and listening back on the playback. We ask, Lord, that you would be with them. You would encourage them. You would give them courage to speak, to speak your truths where it matters and where it counts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank, Thank you very much, Sydney. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night, Thank everyone, on listening. Facebook. Night, night. Go to bed. Bye, Facebook. That's him away. And good night, everyone, on Zoom. Good playback. night, night. Bye. Playback, anyone good watching good this video, anyone, anyone watching this video on playback, in the description, uh, will be the web addresses for Christian Women in the UK and Pearls of Grace Ministries. If you would like to know more about what we're talking about, contact us and we will gladly speak with you. We are approachable. We, we are. are. <laughs> we are very approachable, folks. Okay. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.